This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on silver stars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of cupboard dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I want to just first thank my sponsor, Halton Honda. I want to also thank my friends and family over at the C-Suite Radio Network, where, of course, after following the live show, you can find the podcast link of my interview with my weekly guest on my host page, also Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I want to also thank not only the loyal listeners and all my phenomenal guests, but I also would like to take this opportunity to thank my now nearing approaching half a million podcast subscribers, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald podcast subscribers. I really can't believe it. Uh, so couldn't be doing this by myself. want to thank you all tremendously once again, as I always do. Love and gratitude to all of you. And I am joined yet again by another phenomenal guest this week. So who is my guest of today? Well, my guest is a phenomenal, inspiring, very empowered woman by the name of Jane Bloffus. Jane Bloffus is a best-selling author, international speaker, and business coach. Suddenly widowed at an early age with a young daughter and a financial tsunami coming her way, she was since has since opened her heart and shared her rise from the depths of despair to learning to live and love again. Her best-selling book, With the Stroke of a Pen, Claim Your Life, is an educational as well as inspirational book which has gained acclaim and recognition as a much-needed, thought-provoking planning resource for families, individuals, and business owners alike. Today, we are talking to Jane. So, Jane, I want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule, uh, for joining myself and the loyal listeners and eventually the podcast subscribers. So I just want to say, you know, you and I have had the, the privilege and the honor of meeting one another. We had a lovely breakfast together, and I was just so inspired by you, your story, uh, have been loving your book. And I just want to say what a, a true powerhouse trailblazer you are. So thank you for not only the gift of your time with us today, but for everything you continually do to pay it forward and to be of service to the rest of the world. Well, thank you, Lisa. And I'm so happy to be back with you. We did have a good time at breakfast. I think they were going to kick us out if we didn't leave. So I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with you this morning. Well, this is amazing. And, uh, and you know, clearly wherever you go, you're deemed to be one of the favorite customers or people know who you are. You definitely, <laughs> you know, you personify this wonderful energy that permeates everybody around you. So, uh, yeah, it was just so nice to spend that time with you and, and once again to be joined here and, and all the lovely conversations and exchanges we've had behind the scenes. I just think the world of you. So I want to jump into, again, for everybody who's listening, if this is your first time, uh, my preference is always unscripted dialogue. I think it makes for a much more authentic discussion. You never quite know what is going to segue into it and what's going to come out of it. 
So, but there are a few things standard-wise that I'm always interested in asking my weekly guests. So, Jane, you know, clearly we understand a little bit of, um, based on the bio, what's going on here and what we're going to be talking about. But let's talk a little bit about the backstory. So let's talk about that day that the police officer walked up to your driveway and uh, how your life transformed on a dime in that given moment. Why don't you share that with myself and the listeners? Ooh, take me back. It was a it was a Sunday like any other Sunday basically, except there was a lot going on because my daughter was going off to spend five weeks with my parents out west for her annual summer vacation and we couldn't contain her excitement. And mm-hmm. dad had something that he had to do that day. So daughter and father spent about an hour in her room in the morning giggling, laughing, telling each other bad jokes and yeah. everything else. And then they said, Okay, gotta go now, you know, the old typical dad speech, be good for your grandparents, mind your manners, you know. I love you. I'll miss you. I'll talk to you tonight, sweetie. And same thing there, daddy. And then he came into our room, kissed me goodbye and said, I'll see you soon because we're going, we were going to go out and start a date that afternoon. We're going to take a motorcycle ride. And then we were having his best friend over for dinner. So I got her off to the airport, uh, had a cup of coffee on the way home. And I remember sitting there looking at this blue, blue sky without a cloud in it, thinking, I am so grateful and so thankful for everything in my life because I have an amazing marriage, great husband, wonderful daughter. I have a phenomenal job in in an executive position in in a service and industry that I absolutely loved. And so I thought I couldn't get any better. So I went home and uh, continued to paint the fence down the side of the house I'd been working on the day before. My neighbor came over that we'd spent the evening with, prior to, you know, the night before with the kids swimming and whatever. And while we were standing there speaking, a police cruiser pulled into our cul-de-sac that we lived on. So, of course, you know, that cul-de-sac is just a small little circle of homes. And so I didn't think anything of it, neither did he, because he'd actually been robbed two weeks before, and they had cleaned out his garage. So I jokingly said to him, aha, they have figured out you do not have a riding lawnmower for that patch of grass, and they're here (laughs) to take you away. So he laughed, I laughed off, he trotted. So I turned the music back up, got back to my painting, and I was sitting looking through the lattice work, uh, the diamond-shaped lattice work down the side of my uh, fence when I looked up and I saw the police officer and my neighbor walking across the lawn in between our houses. So I thought that was rather strange. And I remember standing up and the police officer addressing me by, by name, and asking me if we could go into the house. And I said, no. I said, where's my husband? Mm -hmm. To which he looked at me once again and addressed me by name again and asked me once more if we could go into the house. As I told you at breakfast, Lisa, I, I had this crazy notion in my head that if I did not let this man across the threshold of my house, he wasn't going to deliver bad news. Mm -hmm. So he looked at me at this point and with tears in his eyes, he said, ma'am, I regret to inform you that your husband was killed in an accident this morning. My husband was 39 years old. In the blink of an eye, I went from all the things I'd been grateful and thankful, you know, for earlier that morning to a widow with a 12 and a half year old daughter and a financial tsunami coming my way. My God, Jane, I can't even imagine. And, you know, it's always amazing 
for whether we're talking about colossal events that have happened on the global scale, such as 9-11, when people talk about those transforming moments that completely change the trajectory of their life, you know, the fact that you've been able to crystallize every little detail, you can remember the nuances of how you felt, you know, what that morning was like when your daughter was saying goodbye to your husband, um, sitting there, you know, expressing gratitude for everything that was going well in your life at that particular particular moment and then just the details of everything that was then happening and what had led up with the neighbor and the the theft and everything it just you know it's amazing what the mind retains and it takes you back to all your senses you relive all your senses not just the memory of it but you remember conversations you remember smells you remember details you remember the season you remember perhaps what you were wearing what you ate that day um is this is this something that you because, of course, we're going to fast forward to where you are now and, and what that journey has looked like from you from that day to where you currently sit today. Um, but is this something that you relive over and over in your mind? Oh, yeah, you can't get away from it because, unfortunately, even though it happened a number of years ago, the smallest things can trigger a memory that can occasionally bring you to your knees. And the good thing about that day is there's some things I don't remember and I don't ever think I want to remember them. Mm -hmm. The brain has a way of protecting your head and your heart, I think. But there are certain things I remember. I remember searing pain through my body because I thought I'd been hit by a truck. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you do. It's easy to get sucked back, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously my condolences once again, and I know you're in a good place now, but I mean, that's still something that scars your soul and leaves an indelible mark, uh, you know, for you for the rest of your life and your daughter. Um, So, you know, I just want to kind of take a look at that day. Do you remember the, the, the leading up days and, you know, when you started to get to a point where you could put one foot in front of the other to the point where this book had to be written, you had to birth this book and some of, you know, the contrasting of what was going on in your life beforehand to you getting to a point where you go, okay, there's a bigger purpose here. I meant to do something else and out of this tragedy, something good needs to come out of this for the collective. Let's talk a little bit about that whole process. Well, that wasn't something that happened overnight because there were just so many things I had to get through first. Unfortunately, it was a very high-profile accident that retained its its space and place in the newspapers and on the television and whatever for a while. So there was really no running away from it. And next week, um, a high-profile golfer was killed, and then JFK was killed. So it was just forever on you know on the stage. So there was there was not much. There were not many places to run away from it. So it was a slow process. And, of course, becoming a single parent, Mm. I still had to get my daughter through the balance of high school. I had to get her through university. I had to keep the train on the track, so to speak. So I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I remained in my corporate position because I had to put a paycheck on the table and, you know, keep everything going. So it wasn't until... In 2008, in October, by October of 2008, I realized, no, let me back up a month, September. I realized that my raison d'etre was gone. I was not happy. I had, the passion was gone out of my life. And I thought, you know, with all that's happened, there's still got to be more than this. Like, please tell me this isn't it, because if it is, oh, shoot me now. Mm-hmm. So I made a conscious decision to reorganize, reorganize myself out of my corporate position 
And I took a year off because I could, because I was financially, you know, personally and financially set up. That's what my book and my, my mission in life is all about now. But for a while, there was there was something knocking around in my head about a book. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to just tell the story. And it's because people, this is a subject people don't like to talk about, illness, death, and all of that kind of stuff. And people are very gracious. And just as you very graciously did at the beginning, you offered your condolences. I wanted people to realize that this really does happen. It's not, oh, it might happen to you. It'll never happen to me. Well, folks, it does. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to help to take the fear out of the conversation. So I wanted to help people with a call to action. So I started writing the book. And it wasn't sort of coming out the way I wanted it. And on the other side, I was writing this checklist about all the things you needed to do and the people you needed to talk to. And one day I had a brilliant moment with, you know, an epiphany when the lights went on and I went, you idiot, you have to put the two of them together <laughs> in the same book because you can do the the inspirational piece. But here's the educational piece that yeah. backs it up. And after I did that, Lisa, in five months, I wrote and self-published my book. Wow. Good for you. Congratulations. You know, this is, this is what I love about people like you. Like I'm quite selective with who it is I bring on to radio and you know, everybody who I bring on to radio, regardless of what people would glean from an optic standpoint or a social media standpoint or the notoriety of having successfully written a book or risen in the ranks on the speaking circuit, whatever it, whatever it is that people would glean as an overnight success, Majority of the people, I would say 99% of the people, if not 100% of the people who have actually claimed it, have earned it, it's because they have been in the trenches. And rather than succumbing to the self-defeatist, woe is me attitude, they've looked at, okay, you're right. This isn't just something that I'm going to be personally impacted by. This is something that happens to all kinds of people for a whole myriad of different circumstances and reasons. But I can either... You know, be the leader in my own life, be the shero in my own life, and take this message forward and, and help people strategize a way to navigate, maneuver out of the, the abyss. And you've done that. And so I just want to say good on you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I... I, I finally put all the the bouncing balls, the dots together one day because I went, okay, so wait a minute. You entered the life insurance industry on April Fool's Day to try it out <laughs> for one year to leave, right. 20, to leave 27 years later. By the way, I started when I was 12. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. And and I, I, I get into the industry, and I lose my husband 16 years into my career at the young age of 39. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, so fast forward, I'm happily remarried to another widow who was married to my girlfriend, whom we thought had a toothache in September, and we lost her to cancer the following June. So under one roof are two widows and a child who lost her father. So one day we went, okay, all right. I I looked up heavenward, and I said, please stop beating me over the head. It hurts, and I got it. I'm supposed to do something with this. So we collectively decided as a family to share our story to help one family never to go through what we've been through. And people have said to me, because I came from a benevolent point of view and it was outwardly focused, that's why they say it's resonating with people. And it's just grown into something that I'm so proud of, I'm so passionate about, and it's now an international movement and a platform. Wow. Someone's on fire. (laughs) 
absolutely love it. So why don't we talk about some of the testimonials as a result of either having read your book and or read your book and also see uh, witnessed you speak on the subject on the stage. You know, what are some of the before and after contrasted stories of how people's lives have changed as a result of your story resonating with them, you personally resonating with them, and them going, okay, if Jane can do it, I too can do it. Okay, I'll share a couple of little snippets with you. One had to do with a young lady who heard me speak who went and took the book and went and sat down with her 94-year-old grandmother and said, Nona, we need to talk because Mm -hmm. nobody knows what you want if something happens to you. So they had the best conversation of their adult life. She helped her grandmother to get everything in place. And when she was finished, her grandmother turned to her with tears in her eyes and said, thank you for the greatest gift you could ever have given me in the world, which is peace of mind. So that was one, like, I didn't, I didn't have the effect. I didn't sit down with her grandmother, but I've had young people in my arms crying because they've been trying to broach the subject with their elderly parents about where documentation is. um, You know, what do we do? What do you want? And they won't talk about it because in some cultures it's taboo. In other Mm -hmm. cases, people are like, I don't want to talk about it because if I talk about it, it's going to happen. Well, we know there's two things in life that are certain, death and taxes. And Mm -hmm. if they don't tax tax you to death before you go, they'll get you afterwards. (laughs) So so that's another story. But um, I'll give you a, a really recent story. I had an advisor who heard me speak back in October in Ottawa at a large conference and she bought the book and over Christmas one of her 47 year old clients had a major heart attack in bed and died beside his wife Mm. and they didn't they had been in the discussions about increasing the life insurance portfolio he didn't have a will she'd been trying to get them to move forward anyway long and short of it is she went over to visit afterwards to speak to the widow and she took a gift there were three children in the house and she took them each a journal And the reason she took the journal was because my daughter wrote her own chapter in the book, Daddy's Little Girl, number eight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in it, she gave tips and and strategies to parents and kids to help each other. And she recommended to the children to get a journal and write in it. And that was the gift she took for the three children. Small, Small things, but it's the little things. I get handwritten notes, Lisa, from people I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I get... I'll be on TV and the phone will ring in my office and I answer my phone and it's somebody who's seen me on TV in the morning saying, I saw this lady, how do I get her book? And I say, well, that was me. And they go, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't be talking to you. I, 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 I can't believe that. She, I said, I'm, I, put my, I put my pants on one leg at a time. I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. But it's, it makes a difference. You know, you're a best-selling author. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, I think – I think what you and I share, in co- we share a whole host of things in common, but I think, you know, when you understand, as we both do, Jane, as two empowered women who have, you know, gone through the grind, we've gone through so many tumultuous situations and circumstances in our life, and again, it comes down fundamentally, I believe, to choice. And if we know that there are other people, whether they can relate to our specific uh, circumstances or example of what we've personally gone through or not within our struggles and our hardships, we are all human beings. We all know what it feels to be on the spectrum of 
being in the shits, for feeling depressed, feeling confused, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, feeling like we perhaps don't have a great infrastructure of support to assist us in the initial navigation through it all and to get out of that cloud that keeps us, you know, groggy. So I just want to say, you know, the fact that you are taking your message to the masses, knowing that you are helping one person at a time and you're doing it in succession. That's that's how we help other people rise. That's how we extend our hand and lift them out of the abyss. So um, you very clearly are, are aware of what your purpose is. You're living your purpose. You're living your life on purpose. And you embody passions. And for me, you this is what living fearlessly is all about. So I just want to say once again, you know, I, I can't thank people like you enough who understand it for what it is, who understand how fragile and how short-lived and fleeting time and life is. And the fact that you are maximizing every single platform, every opportunity, every contact, every connection, everything to say, look, I'm here to help. I'm here to spread the message because I know there's people like me out there and we do not have to deal with this all individually in isolated circumstances. So again, good on you, Jane. I have nothing, nothing but respect for you. And it's likewise. Thank you very much. That was very kind. So tell me about, fast forward to what your life is now. So now you've mm-hmm. got, you know, you're, 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 you're just motoring on and there's life in the fast lane. Great. Yes. I mean, can it truly get any faster? I don't know, Jane. I, I'm watching you and, and it's, uh, you know, if the wheels come off the track, it's because they can't keep up with the momentum of the pace. So, you know, I just want to say this is fantastic. I love following you. I love your energy. You are super-duper inspiring. Uh, we share common people who are very much aligned. I say vibe attracts tribe. Uh, you know, we're all working in the same pot of people who are doing fantastic things. Um, so please share with myself and the listeners, what else is upcoming? What else is on the horizon? I know you've done your strategizing for 2018. Perhaps that extends into 2019. Maybe you've got a five-year plan. I don't know. Let's hear about it. Well, let's back up one year because we made a strategic decision. Our footprint had grown so large I could no longer do it by myself. And it was hard, it was inhibiting me from being able to do what I love to do most, which is get out and speak and be, be with people and develop relationships, do the marketing, do the networking, do all of that. So we made a conscious decision. We were both entrepreneurs, so we closed my husband's successful renovation company down. And he now, um, I think I shared this with you, his title is the vice president of everything else. <laughs> it, it literally is his title. And it's quite the icebreaker. Ladies seem to love it. But um, he now runs the operations for the back of our business. We're launching a new video production company this year that he's going to be heading up. And we're going to be doing podcasting eventually. That's why I'm so happy because we have the, you know, the equipment in the office that I can be on here with you today and be heard legibly. But we have also, uh, as, as you and I speak, the third edition of my book, which is now a bestseller, thanks to my readers and my supporters and everything, it's in print. With yay! A, yay! It's got a brand new look to it. It's been completely revised and updated from front to back, new testimonials. My quotes are included in there. And at the request of my readers and, again, supporters and people who really truly believe in the mission I am on, 
I wrote a new afterword because people said you need to share with people what's happened mm -hmm. because people gain, um, you know, you've already alluded to it. People gain hope and, and, and trust that they too can come through a back, bad time. It was a very, very dark journey, a very mm -hmm. dark journey that I pray that I never go through again, nor I would not wish it on my worst enemy. But I'm here, I'm whole, I'm upright, I learned to love and live again. And I've shared that in the afterward. And I'm I'm really, really excited about it. We've already had pre-orders coming out of our pre-orders. And uh, <laughs> a couple of other things have happened as well. So that's on the horizon. Last year, I, I, I invested in a year of tearing my hair out. And I applied and got my E-1 visa so I can work I'm, you know, in the U.S. I can work all over North America. I, I spoke last year in Thailand on a stage in front of 2,000 people and took my daughter with me to see how far our message and our movement has gone. So this year is just all about how do I get this message out even more? There's going to be some new product, uh, you know, design and, and whatever and launch. But right now it's really just let's get the book out there. Let's get the, you know, on as many stages as we can and let's just I just want to help as many people as I can this year and moving forward to continue to spread this message because I want to, as I mentioned to you, I've coined myself a catalyst for courageous conversations because that's what these are. You have to have the conversation with yourself first. That's where it yeah. starts. My 39-year-old husband asked him four times what he wanted, if anything ever happened, but he drove fast motorcycles and flew jets in the Air Force. He was mortal in his mind. Mm -hmm. So the chaos that ensued from that was horrible. So I'm trying to get people to start with themselves and then engage their loved ones in a conversation while you can. I had a lady tell me that she uh, read the book at the ski hill over the holidays while her kids were skiing and her husband was in the bar and she walked into the bar and she said, you and I need to talk. And he said, what about? So she told me, she goes, I don't want to talk about that. So in the car, he was captive for three and a half hours on the way home. So they had a family conversation because they'd immigrated from Australia. The family was, so it was, she said it turned into a very interesting conversation. But it was a conversation that was easy to have because nobody was caught in the throes of, oh, my Lord, somebody's ill or somebody just died. So right. let's get this conversation going while we can. You've met me. I don't look like the Grim Reaper. I wear red funky glasses, leather yes. jackets, jeans and what and ball caps and whatever, just like you do sometimes. <laughs> and I just I just want to change the whole face of this conversation because it's going to happen. So let's be prepared. Love it. Well, you touched upon something that I think we, we need to, you know, to do this subject uh, more justice. We need to focus on this a little bit more in-depthly. So, you know, yes, it's proactive. We know that it's inevitable. People are going to die. People are going to get, unfortunately, uh, maybe in some cases, terminal diagnoses or their life is just going to completely change. Uh, we never know when that's going to happen. We, we really don't. But in, with what's in your control, with what's in your power, why not, particularly if you do have children, why not spare yourself grief on top of what you're already going to be going through? Fast forward to, unfortunately, if these circumstances, you know, are bestowed upon you and your family. The last thing you want to do is start taking care of things that are a little bit too short, too late. 
and you're not in the right headspace. So do yourselves a favor, do your children a favor, do everybody a favor and be as proactive as you possibly can. And people have no qualms doing that with other aspects of their life. So, you know, if you're looking to get your portfolio, your CV, your resume out there, you know, people take the time to put things together, to properly market themselves, to do their homework, to do their research. Uh, people have no problems doing that with a whole host of other aspects of their life. But once you start introducing the subject matter of death or dying or finances or wills or power of attorney, um, yeah, you know, people just don't know how to respond to that. And so these things get unfortunately delayed and then they become other people's headaches and other people's unfortunate crises when they're already dealing with enough of that uh, to begin with. So um, let's talk about the proactiveness. What can people do today, Jane? What would you encourage people to do, particularly if they're of sound mind and they're healthy and they're able-bodied? Well, I'm just going to back up just for a minute because you touched upon something. More people, people spend more time planning their summer vacation than they do about planning about their legacy of love. And that's what this really is. This is all about a legacy of love. You know, my mantra is we have an obligation to ourselves and to those we love to leave this world in an organized manner. There's no reason to leave chaos behind. So what are some of the things you can do, especially if you're of sound mind? One, make sure you have a properly drafted will drawn up by a lawyer. A good friend of mine is a litigation lawyer, and the largest case she has ever defended was due to a $29.99 will that was downloaded and purchased off the Internet. Oh my it, has caused, it has caused financial woes like you wouldn't believe. So get your will in place. Also make sure that you have a living will in place and that you have power, powers of attorney for both your medical and your financial my first husband's parents, uh, we lost his mother just this past uh, November and his father's 90 years old and he's losing his, you know, his, his uh, cognitive capabilities. And my two brother-in-laws are trying to deal with fallout like you wouldn't believe because there's assets in Europe. It's just, it's a, it's a mess. So those are the key things. Also, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about life insurance, but mm -hmm. They call it life insurance for a reason, not death insurance, because it's for the living. Yeah. Life, life insurance is, is the safety net that one can fall into if, God forbid, something happens, to give somebody time to start to think properly and to start to get out of the abyss they've fallen into. I was so shell-shocked, Lisa, that my mother, my my mother and father had to bring my daughter home from out west because that's where she was. She's twelve and a half. They weren't going to send her home on a plane by mm -hmm. herself after her father's just been killed. And for three months after they lived with us, I when my mother said to me, "Would you like peas or carrots for dinner?" I'd look at her and go, "I don't know." Mm -hmm. Yet here I was forced into a position where I was trying to plan a funeral. I didn't know what wishes were. I was dealing with financial institutions. I was canceling credit cards. I was trying to, here's another one. If you're in a partnership, there's two of you that own a home, make sure title is in both names and make sure both of your names, I know it sounds silly, but make sure both of your names are on the utility bills because mm -hmm. the Hydro One, the whomever, they won't deal with you if your name's not on the record. Mm -hmm. So it's just a whole bunch of small things. And if you and make sure you have an executor and make sure you've had a conversation with the executor. And one of the biggies here is make sure you have asked that executor if they wish to assume the responsibility 
to act as your executor because times have changed and executors are responsible and on the hook for a lot more than they ever were. And if you have underage children, make sure you have appointed in your will a legal guardian for those children. And again, sit down with those people, have the conversation about will they respect your educational, religious, whatever upbringing you'd like for the children. And again, ask them if they will accept the responsibility. Never assume. Mm-hmm. So those Fantastic. are just a few. Fantastic. Now, I always play devil's advocate to everything because, of course, I don't presume to know the thoughts of everybody who's tuning into this show, and I try to look at things from a whole broad spectrum of different perspectives or questions that people who are listening might have. You know, so for people who are saying, okay, well, you know, all said and good, like I I do deem myself to be a responsible parent. Uh, I do believe I exercise due diligence to the best of my degree in every other aspect of my child's uh, development and livelihood and everything else. Um, but, you know, I've interviewed people who as recently as, you know, a month ago, both both partners had lost their jobs back to back within two or three weeks of each other. We know from economy and things being up and down and bust and boom and all of that, uh, and particularly a lot of people embarking upon the world of becoming entrepreneurial and reinventing themselves. You know, a lot of people would say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard enough time just putting food on the table as it is, never mind trying to put money aside for things in advance of where I'm at today and where I don't know where I'm going to be next week or next year and things are financially rocky or I don't have a lot of money coming in or I don't have a lot of predictable money coming in and I don't have passive income. And, you know, I I hear it all. Uh, I've talked about this extensively in different ways, uh, different formats, different approaches with different guests on the show. So what would you say to people who are perhaps feeling like they're already living below the poverty line and they don't even know how to make ends meet day to day within a 24-hour time frame? That is a very good question and a very fair question, and I really do. uh, I've heard it too. I've had those conversations with people as well. And I I empathize. I, I understand it's not easy. But one of the things I try to convey to people is the value of life insurance and those types of things that you put in in place is priceless. It's pennies on the dollar. It in today's day and age, it is so it is so. Um, it's inexpensive to put. It's more inexpensive to put things in place than some people realize. Mm-hmm. My biggest recommendation would be I, I'm I'm not professing to be the one that anybody should sit down with and talk and plan all this stuff with, but reach out to somebody who's in the insurance industry and talk to them. They're more than willing and more than happy and more than educated, prepared, and experienced to help you with these types of questions. You would be surprised. I know many people who have been shocked as to what they've been able to put in place, even with the circumstances you've just talked about. If you do nothing else, just do some research Talk to some people because you'd be surprised there's more you can put in place than you think. Now, the other thing, too, is if you've lost your job or you know you've been downsized or you're going to be laid off or whatever, take a look at if you have a group insurance policy inside of your organization. Look at what some of the options might be with that. You'd be surprised as to what you might be able to carry with you, convert or do whatever. So, no two people's situation is the same. You can't, you know, paint it. You can't take a paintbrush and paint it and everybody the same. But just talk to people. Do a bit of research. Reach out. And if you don't know who to talk to, ask somebody you know, like, and trust who they might be working with. 
financial professionals go into the um, professions that they go into because they truly want to help people. Mm-hmm. So reach out and let them help you. Don't say, oh, I can't do that because. Just say, okay, maybe I might be able to do this if I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Does that Does that help? Absolutely, it helps. Absolutely. And there is no better person to ask these questions than you. You've been through all of this. You know, what you did in your prior vocation very much spoke to all of this. You know, your book lays it out perfectly. Um, and you're right. You know, everybody has their own unique circumstance, whether it be financially or, or just where they're at in their life with their health, with the age of their children, uh, you know, whether they're married, not married, employed, not employed. Um, but yes, because we can't predict what lies ahead of us. We, we don't know from moment to moment how our lives might emphatically change. It's important to do what's within your power now while you're of able mind, sound mind, able bodied, and, uh, and just proactively in, investigate, ask the questions, right? Ask the questions. So good advice, good suggestions. And where can people find your book, Jane? They can find it at janebeloffice.com. So it's J A N E B L. A-U-F-U-S dot com. And they, the, the book and the planning binder, because my readers came back to me and said that they loved the, the suggestions I made in the book. And they said, you refer to all this, you know, this documentation I should get together. I don't know where to start help. So I created mm-hmm. a comprehensive planning binder to go with it. That is just really basically a roadmap to follow. Just follow the bouncing ball through it and it'll help you to get everything into one place. So thanks for asking, Lisa. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, it is good because what I love about your book is it's not just your story. It's really providing people with the tools and the infrastructure of the how to, where to, um, because, of course, if they're reading this for the first time or they're in a position of having to think about these things or implement these things or, or you know, just dealing with the ripple effect of, you know, I really wish I'd gotten this in place a long time ago. I can't believe I'm now dealing with this on top of the grief and the loss of, of how my life has just completely changed in an instant. Um, so I love how you make this very user-friendly. I love all your suggestions. I love how you've incorporated that with real life situation circumstances of how that paralleled in your life because there's going to be a lot of people who are reading this book or are currently sitting in similar circumstances of now being widowed being a single parent what do I do how do I go what's the first thing to do and so you've you've made it a one-stop shop and I think you've really helped people with the grieving process you've really alleviated a lot of unnecessary undue stress uh, just by having this kind of material available and accessible to people and I would recommend it as as gift giving give it to give it to people who are healthy you know give people the tools right now to be successful to empower themselves to put these things in place that perhaps they've not wanted to uh, embark upon thinking about or implementing Um, have the conversation now give the book now as a gift it's the gift that keeps on giving and people will thank you after the fact so good job uh, Jane, I really, really couldn't commend you more on doing such a fantastic job. And it's such an important message that really your demographic is everybody because we're all going to die. Let's face it. Well, somebody told me it applies to the janitor, to the CEO. And Lisa, thanks very much for your support and for your encouragement because 
it's people like you who help people like me to get the message out to a really broad base. And with your phenomenal followership, I, I there's no way in the world I could have reached this many people <laughs> probably before I die. But um, you know what? I really commend you for what you're doing, too, and for living fearlessly. Thanks for having Aww. me on. Well, thank you, Jane. Thank you. And, you know, there's no saying that you can't come back on as a re- revisiting guest. I mean, that's happened in a few instances. You know, people whose messages in particular have really resonated with the listening audience or the podcast subscribers, people who have felt that, you know, the 55-minute interview isn't enough to do it justice, and particularly for people like you who are always, you know, embarking upon so many things and have lofty goals and setting intentions and you're a manifester, you're a visualizer and you know, you really respect and appreciate and value the quality of your own life and you give it you know, 24-7, 365, you give it your all every day. So there's no doubt going to be continuous updates that would be beneficial for you to come back on the show and to impart to the listeners. Uh, So that's always extended to you, Jane. Well, be careful what you ask for. So, so what would you say to the listening audience? You know, if you could offer them a few couple of tidbits, whether it be specifically related to your book or your subject matter, your mission, or just in general for people who, you know, might be in a different frame of mind, a different mindset, even if it's just they're really admiring what it is that you're doing with your life, that you're an entrepreneur, that you're on the international speaking stage, that you are, in fact, a best-selling author. People who have goals, they have passions, but they don't know how to harness it. They don't know how to hone it. They like what they hear in terms of what you've done. Um, what would you suggest to these people who are who are listening and just don't know how to navigate it? Eat the elephant one bite at a time. Okay. <laughs> because if you try to, if you look at the entire big picture, you, it's like, oh my Lord, I can't do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. It, you know, there's no way. But if you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So it's chunking. St- I do a lot of coaching with entrepreneurs and sales professionals and all of that. And it's all about, let's take what you can control And let's see how we can harness that leverage, that expand that so you make more money, sleep soundly at night, and have fun along the way. That's what life's all about. Life is too short to be miserable. Absolutely. You know, I, I was miserable in my corporate job, so I had to find a way to be able to create an exit strategy, but I did it while I was still in corporate. I didn't just decide on Friday I didn't want to be corporate anymore, and on Monday I was going to be an entrepreneur. You have to put a plan in place. But it's one foot in front of the other. You know that yes. as well as I do. You cannot start if you have if you've never trained for a marathon. Please don't try out of the gate to run a 10k marathon and kill yourself. It's right. like anything. And the other thing is, ask for help. Mm-hmm. People think they should be doing this all by themselves. Wrong. Mm-hmm. If you really want to get somewhere, you have to suck it up and you have to look at things not as an expense, but an investment in your development, your future, whatever, and seek out and work with people who've done it. Mm-hmm. Align yourself with people who've proved to be successful. Like I coach first time want to be self-published authors because I've done it. Mm-hmm. I can help them cut through money and the myriad of things they have to go through. They can learn from my mistakes. The first time I printed 250 books, we didn't let them dry long enough. Enough, So the ink, the um, the glue didn't stick. So if you pulled the book apart too far, it fell apart. 
Oh, so, no. <laughs> these, are, these are the things you learn. Like, you know, we're not perfect. You, you you alluded to it earlier. There's no such thing as an overnight success. No. You know, it, it you're a 10-year-in-the-making overnight success. So stop looking at everybody who's out there saying, oh, my life is wonderful. Everything's great. You know, look at all this money I'm making, blah, blah, blah. Dig deep, ask questions, and make sure that the people really have the credentials they say they do. Absolutely. Lovely. Great advice. And the other thing, too, is don't compare yourself to other people. I think this is the pitfall and the trap that people get themselves into, and this is why they can't make that first leap of faith. They're not prepared to make that first step because in their head they've got themselves so convinced by comparing themselves to other people externally, oh, I'll never be able to do what she's done. I'll never be able to harness what he's honed. You know, who am I to think? And again, it goes back to self. We talk about this all the time. It starts with self. So if you want people to eventually buy into you, your message, your product, your service, your mission, whatever it is that you believe that you're impassioned and and you're purposeful here and driven to deliver to the masses, if you ever get the self-confidence to make that leap, because it's a leap, um, you really really have to get out of your own way, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, and stop comparing yourself to other people and think, wow, I'll never be able to aspire to be where that person's at. You know, that took them X amount of years. I'm now just thinking about it, and I'm already in my 50s, or I'm already in my 60s. You know, people have these preconceived notions, and they're able to talk themselves out of things just as much as we are capable of talking ourselves into things. So why not talk ourselves into the things that are going to be of best service to us that are really going to support and uplift us in embodying and carrying out and executing our goals and our mission and our purpose, then refraining from that and sitting in that whole mire of self-defeatism and woe is me and, you know, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. It's too scary. I'll just continue to do what I'm, I'm comfortable with, even though it's not something I'm impassioned by and it's not something that I feel like I'm deriving purpose out of and I don't feel it's having much of an impact on myself, my family, my loved ones, my community, or or anyone else that you claim to love and respect and support. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of self-inventory and self-assessment and self-awareness that's tied up into what we're talking about, isn't there, Jane? Yes, and you know what? I just want to build on two things you said. Be your own unique self because everybody yep. else is taken yep. and you don't want to be somebody else. The other thing is, is... Pick your lane and stay in it. Pick a lane, create a niche. Because when I first started, because I was talking about lawyers and accountants and financial advisors and funeral prearrangement specialists and blah, 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 I thought I had four different markets. Uh Uh-uh, I did not. Mm -hmm. And I found out the hard way. So when I narrowed it back to where I'm known for what I know, I have a huge network. My lane is financial services and talking about what I know, it changed everything. So be your unique self and get out of your own way and stop Mm -hmm. keeping yourself a well-kept secret. Yes, and get mentors. Get yes. Mentors. Because as Jane has said, and I preface this and I reiterate this all the time, you know, you do need help. And it doesn't matter what level we're at on the scale and hierarchy of so-called success. Uh, you know, everybody, no matter how successful they are, the Tony Robbins have mentors. The Oprah Winfrey's mm-hmm. have mentors, you know, because we are under, we understand that the, the commitment, the fierce ongoing commitment to growth and evolution and personal and professional development, it's never ending until the day we take our last breath so you know it doesn't matter how well you've mastered something if you're committed to there's always a way in which to aspire to do better to be better to give more um 
please immerse yourself and surround yourself in the world of mentorship and leadership. Find yourself a mentor. Find somebody, but be coachable. If you're not coachable, mm-hmm. you think you know everything or, you know, you're not, you're not prepared to put in the work. And this is what a good mentor, a true leader will request of you. Like, it's going to be hard. They're not going to make it easy. This isn't about coasting. This isn't about being comfortable. This is upping your game, upping your game and taking anything to the next level. It's hard. It's, it's stressful. Work. It's work. you got to put in the blood, sweat, and tears. And you'll thank yourself after the fact for having done so because who doesn't enjoy the benefits of reaping what they've sown when they know it's come from hard, hard work and sacrifice? And that's every day. That's, that's every day. And make sure one thing I see people not do enough of is celebrate your successes. Mm-hmm. When you accomplish a goal or a milestone, don't just say, okay, done and take it off your to-do lesson. Yeah. Wallow in it, sit in it, enjoy it. Go, yeah. oh my Lord, I did it. If I can do this, what else can I do? You know, and, and it's just, I agree with everything you said, but I think one of the biggest things is, is you got to do the work. There's yes. no silver bullet. And if somebody tells you that they can turn you around overnight, run far, far away. <laughs> Don't even look back. Just run. Just go, baby. Go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jane, I couldn't thank you more for everything that you've shared with us. I love your enthusiasm. I love your energy. I love your spirit. I love all the contagious, beautiful, yummy things uh, that you're energetically emitting out into the universe. I, I just, you're, you know, you're a spitfire, you're a trailblazer, and you're a ball of energy. And uh, again, it's just so much fun to follow you. And, and I want to just quickly circle back to something you just said, which I think is very much uh, important. And people fail to do this because it gets unfortunately recognized or deemed or misconstrued as narcissism or ego. You do have to celebrate your milestones. And by sharing that with the rest of the world, I put that stuff up all the time. It's more for me to remember my own growth and momentum and go, okay, I totally forgot I did that or I totally forgot I had that alliance or I had that collaboration or that was my starting point or whatever. You know, so I I share all these things through Facebook memories back onto Facebook um, because a lot of people have come back either privately or publicly and said, you know what, that's very inspirational. When I see what you've been able to do as a single mom and embarking upon being an entrepreneur when your mom died, when your grandma died, when you were getting divorced, and yet you, you still did it and you didn't care what other people thought. This was something you felt you had to do to honor your own journey. By putting it out there, you have no idea to the degree that you're inspiring other people and you show realistically, again, if Lisa can do it, if Jane can do it, no matter what personal hell they've both gone through, whatever anguish or inner struggle they've had to overcome and grapple with, you know, still stepping into your greatness, still seeing yourself as worthy and deserving enough to have a better life and to not be defined by the circumstances of tragedy. Right. We've all been through the shit, you know, take what what you've gone through, apply it, learn the lessons, share the gifts and move on and live a yummy life because it's possible for everybody. I truly believe that's our birthright. I agree with you. And I always ask myself three questions. And one of them was never why me all through my life. It's been why now? What Mm -hmm. am I supposed to learn from it? And what am I supposed to do to help others with the teachings I have just been through? That's the way I view life. 
Absolutely. Love it. And I couldn't agree with you more wholeheartedly. And the other thing is, too, rather than say, why me? Because you can look at that from a couple of different perspectives. When it comes to stepping into your greatness, stepping into abundance, rather than also saying, why me? In terms of, well, who am I to think that I deserve these things? And, you know, because, again, people tend to feel inclined to play a smaller game. Ask yourself, why not me? Oprah did at one point long before she became Oprah. So did Tony Robbins. I mean, when you understand the power of message and you understand the domino effect of paying it forward and being of service, I mean, we learn from these people based on the example of how they've chosen to live their own lives. That's not just, you know, that's not isolated and specific to a certain demographic or people having a certain ingredient that they were born with to make them stand out above the rest. There's no hierarchy of people being better than other people. But if you learn anything from the Oprah, or from the Tony Robbins or from the Janes or from myself, it's that you have this fundamental core belief in yourself that you see yourself as worthy and equal. And, you know, you've got lots of things, lots of talents, lots of skills, lots of gifts. You've got a purpose. You've got a passion. You've got a message. Whether you're aware of it or not, you take the time and choose to tap into that. Wow, are you on fire? And all the people that you stand to benefit in the wings, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing to be able to do for other people. It is. It is. And, you know, before I forget, Lisa, you mentioned something earlier, and I think it's very critical what you said. It took me until I was 55 to figure out who I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm -hmm. 55. That's when it all came together. That's when the lights went on. So don't think that if you're 55, 65, look at some of the, the movers and shakers out there. Somebody asked me when I was going to retire, I said, it's not in my vocabulary. They said, are you crazy? I said, if somebody wants to listen to my message until I'm 90, as long as I'm upright, whole, coherent, and not drooling on myself, baby, I'll be out there. My darling husband offered to push me out on the stage, even if I was in a wheelchair. But um, it's just like, I'm not giving up on this. This is my mission in life. And as long as God gives me the health and the, 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 you know, the, the mind and everything else to do, and I get to interact with amazing people like you, then I'm going for it. I'm, I'm not sitting at home and watching the paint dry. No, thank you very much. <laughs> Good for you, Jane. Well, unfortunately, these interviews always go far too quickly for my liking. But again, there's always the re-invitation, the open uh, extended invite for you to come back anytime that you feel you have more that you wish to share with the world. Um, you know, so I just want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time. I want to thank you for uh, the inscribed book that you gave me over breakfast. I'm looking forward to seeing you again in person. Uh, I enjoy very much all our behind the scenes correspondence. I think you're doing phenomenal things. You're an amazing human being. I love everything that you're doing. And uh, so on behalf of other people who have yet to even connect with you, thank you for them because you are totally, truly enriching and enhancing other people uh, and their lives. So thank you so much, Jane. I want to thank my listening audience once again for your loyal listenership. It's always a treat to be joined here by a phenomenal guest and to share this time with you. We understand how valuable time is and the fact that you designate that to this show, to myself, to my guests, it's a gift. Um, I take nothing for granted. I take nothing lightly. So thank you as always for that. I want to thank as well uh, my partners and my family over at C-Suite Radio Network, where again, you can find 
find eventually uh, within 48 hours or so of going live with my weekly guests. You can find the podcast link uploaded to my host page, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the C-Suite Radio Network. I want to thank the Contact Talk Radio Network, where, of course, this all began for me almost three years ago. I want to thank Halton Honda, who sponsors the show. Uh, this is brought to you by Halton Honda. So thank you very much. I want to thank, again, the, the podcast subscribers. Again, we're hovering and approaching half a million. I can't believe it and in such a short time of almost three years of doing this. Thank you so much. Clearly, everything that we're talking about here, and I attribute that to my guests and to the listeners and to the networks themselves, we're resonating with you. People are hungry for this. People love leadership. They, they love the self-help, personal development aspect of, of how to derive strength and inspiration from the guests in which to shift within themselves, call it mindset, call it lifestyle, call it choices, call it whatever. So thank you so much. Couldn't be doing it alone. Wouldn't want to do it alone. And uh, we'll, of course, be back here next Friday, as we always are, with another guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Uh, see you next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Love and gratitude uplifting you to fear less and to live more. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. For more information about Lisa, go to her website, lisamcdonald.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.